0: Welcome to the Good Question with Jessica Tanderup podcast. I'm Jessica and I have a passion for asking hard questions and going deep in conversation. Usually these discussions happen over dinner or coffee with a close friend, but on this podcast, I bring them to you because I want you to know, if you have questions, you're not alone. On this show, I invite apostolic leaders, thinkers, and fellow believers to tackle the tough topics questioners face as we strive to live out our biblical mandate to love God, love people, and take the gospel to the whole world here in the 21st century. I hope you'll stick around because when you know Jesus is the answer, every question can be a good question. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Season 2 of Good Question. As we approach the end of this mission season, I can't believe we only have a couple more episodes. We thought we'd bring you something a bit different. As you know, if you've been listening or following us on social media, Dave and I and our girls are headed to Denmark later this year as Amers, Associates in Missions, to assist Leune Kierge, the Living Church of Denmark under pastors Chris and Clara Brett. And yes, I probably did just mangle that Danish pronunciation. Recently, to wrap up a Bible study series on missions, the assistant pastor, Pastor Anthony Gates, hosted a missions panel via Zoom and invited Dave and I to take part. They were gracious enough to let us record it, and so we thought we'd share it here. Pastor Chris, who came to Denmark from Australia, and Dave and I all talk about our experiences of being called to missions, some of the challenges we've faced, and what we've learned along the way because I was a panelist in this interview I'm not asking the questions today the voice you'll hear doing that job is pastor Anthony who is also from Australia like I said it's a different format today but I hope you enjoy this panel discussion on missions from the Living Church of Denmark
1: We've been very excited for this evening and for the chance to talk to people who have answered the call to uh, to missions particularly people who have answered the call to come to Denmark. We met Dave and Jess uh, a couple of years ago. I think it was in 2018 when you came out to visit Denmark. And I know even at that point, you would kind of had in your heart uh, a, a desire to come and, and, and serve and help. And, and since then, God's opened the doors. And we're, we're really excited about what God's doing there. And we're looking forward to, to having the help, to having you, you, you come over and, uh, and work with us. So really excited to hear a little bit more about your story. Also, Pastor Chris, I know you were one of the first ones to answer the call to come to Denmark and found this church that we were a part of. So, when we've been talking about missions, we've been talking about the you know the mission of the church and the call of God, answering the call of God. What better way to find out about this and learn about this than talking with some people who've who, you know who have done this? So, tonight we're going to be just yeah, just chatting with uh, with Pastor Chris, uh, with Dave and Jess, and, and finding out a little bit about them, and, and finding out a little bit about how they recognize the call of God in their life, how they answer that call, and some of the challenges which they've faced along the way. So we're having a little bit of a, a panel discussion. Let's just pray and ask that God will be with us in this uh, this session this evening. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for uh, this opportunity that we have uh, this evening to, Lord, to Meet together and, and encourage one another, Lord. And uh we've been studying Lord about the mission of the church. We've been studying about this great call and great commission to go and and make disciples. And uh Lord, this evening we're we just looking forward to to hearing more about you know what it what it actually means, what it actually looks like to answer that call. I pray you'll be with us, encourage us, challenge us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So So, we're going to have a a bit of a panel discussion. So, got some questions which we'd like to ask. Maybe starting with a question for all of our panelists this evening. Maybe starting with with Pastor Chris, can you tell us a little bit about your life leading up to that point when you felt the call to come to Denmark?
2: Well, I was in uh, Sydney at the time in Australia, and uh, I'd grown up in the church. You know, all my life. It doesn't mean I was necessarily you know, living for God every every single day during that period as a younger person. But you know, I'd grown up in church, and so I knew about missions. I mean, that one of the great things about the United Pentecostal Church is that we have a very strong heart for missions, and uh, grew up having missionaries in our home, coming and visiting when they'd go through, particularly in my grandma's place in Wollongong. So I always had a close love and connection with missions. And I also had a a love for travel and adventure. So that that was kind of how how it happened in a way for me. I was uh, I'd been working as a preacher. I say working. I I was preaching uh, and leading a youth group at the time. And then I'd planned to go overseas and travel. And I took a year off and travelled. And one of the places I happened to stop was Scandinavia, and I met Clara and. one thing kind of led to another in just connecting me with Scandinavia. And I'd still tell Clara she owes me a month in Alaska because I gave that up to spend more time with her in in Scandinavia when I first met, that I I felt an instant connection to her. And and that's sometimes how God works in building calls and connections. It doesn't necessarily happen as a lightning bolt from heaven, but For me, it was just this tremendous connection with this beautiful girl that was going to become my life partner. So I spent that year and made the connection with Clara, with the church, with church people in Scandinavia. There wasn't a church as such in Denmark, but there was uh, Clara and and Maiken who were members of the church and connected particularly with the missionary in Norway. So I was back in Australia. I was uh, leading the the teenage group at the uh, the church in Sydney, which is uh, the largest church in Australia, a UPC church in Australia, and uh, Clara had uh, she came back for a year, so uh, we weren't we weren't married at that point, so she was staying with one of the other families in the church, and and then she started to join me in leading the uh, the youth group there in the church, and it, it started more as first of a, a practical step that just felt like yes, it's the right thing to go back to Denmark and. You know, we, we needed to start something here and just felt like, I don't know, again, it wasn't a lightning bolt or such. It was just like, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be going back. And I don't know what God has in store, but it was kind of that until it was a morning service on Sunday and there was a powerful altar call. And I I went to the altar and we have been trying to uh, get to Denmark for, for some time, but we couldn't get a visa to work and all the rest of it. And I was still very much in my practical well, when things line up, then then we'll go. But God just spoke very powerfully in that altar call, and just I still remember that strong sense of just go. And uh, I told Clara about it after, and it was it was really the push of faith that I needed. That this was no longer a practical thing for me to organise and go through the steps, a little bit of a project to work on. But no, this this was actually God's call. And so when God calls, you don't do it in your time, you don't do it in your way. You, you go, and He will take care of the rest. And that I still remember that that was probably in a way the first time that I really felt this as not a natural extension of something I'd been groomed for all my life almost, but God was calling me and he had it all in control. And I was very much out of my comfort zone, which I don't like to be. I like to be well on top of things, but I, at that point I was outside of my comfort zone, but God moved in a miraculous way after that.
1: So that's what I was doing in the lead up to the yeah. call. That's really exciting. Chris, I don't know if I've actually ever told you. Uh, I actually remember as a young teen, I don't even know where we were going, but I remember being in the backseat of a car and you'd just come back from one of your, your travels and talking with, with the person who was driving us somewhere. I don't even know where we were going. I don't even know when it was, but I remember sitting in the backseat, hearing the conversation, hearing about you know you telling about your travels and, and the chance that on those travels to, to minister in different places. And I must admit, part of that, I think, you know, awoke in me a bit of a desire to, to travel and, and to just do something for the kingdom we've got along the way. So I was
2: talking to somebody else uh, today. I'll keep this super short. But when I took that year off, I had my backpack, my hiking backpack, which is a large 80 liter backpack. And uh, I think from memory, I had $1,000 and I had a working holiday visa in uh, London and I left for a year. And like all good Pentecostals, I packed a suit in my backpack, <laughs> a suit, a shirt, a tie, because uh, I just expected that I'd be going to church and there might be opportunities to minister. And I was talking to somebody else this week. Is like, who, who does that? Who packs a suit? <laughs> it was great.
1: Very good. David and Jess, I, I'm excited to hear a bit, about, a bit about your stories. I know little bits and pieces, but can you tell us a little bit about, about your lives leading up to the call or leading up to that? Point where you felt to come to Denmark?
3: So I grew up in the church. I'm from Oklahoma, so kind of the center of the U.S. And my dad was a preacher, assistant in a church all of my growing up years until I was a junior or a senior in high school. And then he
0: went on to pastor a church
3: for 13 years. So I grew up around ministry. I grew up with a heart for missions I can remember in college being at General Conference and the Global Missions Service, where they're appealing, to, you know, to give to missions and reaching in my purse and my mom reaching over and like grabbing my hand and pulling my. She's like, "You cannot afford <laughs> to give any money to missions right now." Um, but it was always my heart, like, to want to give, to want to go. I was interested in doing things like the AYC trips and that sort of thing, but. I was also very focused on my education. And so all through high school and college, my summers were taken up with school. And so I did not ever pursue going on one of those trips. But I did go to college. I um, majored in American Sign Language. So I'm a, a sign language interpreter. That's my profession. And through that, the Lord kind of moved me out of my comfort zone here in Oklahoma, where all of my family is for generations. Um, On both sides of my family, everybody's right here. And the Lord kind of just like slowly lifted me out and moved me a little bit at a time. So I moved about four hours away for college. And then after that, there was a job opportunity in New York, which is farther uh, distance away. And I went to do that initially just for a year was what I said when I got there. And I told everyone who would listen, I'm only here for a year. I'll be going back to Oklahoma. Well, I didn't come back to Oklahoma for 15 years. (laughs) And in the process, I stayed in New York for five years, Dave and I met, and then I joined him on his, he's can tell you more about that, but he's was in the U S army. And so we started moving around the country and through all of that, you know, I'd always felt like since I was a young person, that there was a call on my life to do something, but it was never clear exactly what it was. And so when we got married and we're joining, you know, I was joining him in the army life It just kind of was like, well, we'll help wherever we are. And I kind of took the view that the army was not in, in control of where we went, that the Lord was in control. And so every time they would move us, we would just say, okay, this is where God has us next. And in some ways, that's a a really easy way to approach it because then it takes kind of the responsibility of having to listen to God's call about where to go out of our hands. We just, we went where they told us to go. And the Lord placed us in every church that we were in over the time that we were in the military, every church we were in had a strong missions focus. And so, yeah, that's kind of where we were when God put a call on my husband (laughs) to come to Denmark. And I kind of had to catch up with that as that happened. I'll let him talk about that part.
4: So as she's mentioned, I've been in the U.S. military basically my entire adult life. I joined when I was 18. I I had joined the Marine Corps. I was in the infantry. I did numerous combat deployments. And then the last seven years of my service time, I spent as an army helicopter pilot, which which was a lot of fun. And that brought it its own set of challenges about the calling that God had placed on us. But the point that we were when God placed the call, I was at a very good place in my career. My career was accelerating. It was nothing but up. I was fast-tracking. I was a very good pilot, and there were a lot of people that were expecting a lot of great things out of me. And God kind of took that and flipped it all on its head. So that's where we were.
1: I mean, that's a that's a really uh, really cool, really cool story. a Really uh, different background than, than one which uh, which many people have. I know Pastor Chris mentioned there was a a, a really definitive moment for him. Uh, an altar call where he felt, you know, God saying very clearly, go, you know, just go. to. It had been something, you know, leading up to it. But then there was a moment where there was a very distinct call. Was it like that for you as well, Dave? Or how did you experience that distinct call?
4: So the call for me, if you guys haven't guessed, my, my last name is very Danish. And so my background, it was the mid 1800s that my family emigrated over to the States. So I have always had a very strong interest in the country of Denmark. And so from the very beginning of our marriage, like we had been looking at like possible trips, and stuff like that. So like that's always been in my consciousness for almost 10 years now. In fact, early on, like the first year of our marriage, we decided that we were going to learn Danish. Well, that, that lasted about three weeks when it, it started getting like really hard. And life started catching up to us. My career started taking off figuratively and literally. But where I really felt the call, where it was very definitive, was we were talking one night in North Carolina. And I was asking about her sister. Her sister did a lot of AIM trips, a lot of AYC, stuff like that. And I was like, where does she find all of this stuff? Like, I don't know about it. So how does she know about it? And of course, there's a website. So I was like, okay. And so I go and find the website. And when I clicked on the website, it took me directly to a landing page for Denmark. The synopsis of it was that we don't need preachers, we don't need pastors, we need people to come connect, to be Christians, to help the church. And I looked at that, and again, my career was just skyrocketing. And I was like, huh, I could do that. That's easy. And so, you know, that just went in the background of it. And so I started becoming curious about the work in Denmark. And so that's when I probably within a week, I reached out through a Facebook page, got connected with Anthony. And then subsequently, I was given Pastor Chris's email and we started corresponding.
3: You had been corresponding with him for a while, and it would come up periodically. He would yeah. talk about this potential of going to Denmark. And like I said, it took me a little while to catch up. First of all, because you can't just walk away from the army. (laughs) Um, We kind of had a, we had a commitment there and we were intending for that to be his career and that we would do, you know, 20 plus years and retire from the army. And so it took a little bit for my brain to get shifted back into um, what God was kind of directing us to do. And so over time, it kind of, it just kept coming up. And so I finally started to like slowly realize, oh, this is not just like some fun side idea that he's mulling over, you know, (laughs) in his free time, like this is really a thing that he's feeling strongly about. And so then I started to pray about it as well. And I said, okay, well, if we're going to, if we say that this is what we feel like God's calling us to do, we need to start supporting the work there. And so we started, you know, it's not a lot, but a little bit of financial contribution to the church there just to kind of show the Lord, like we're serious. We, um we're not just saying this we really do believe in it and so then after a while of doing that we said okay well then the next step is that we need to go over and we need to we need to see
4: well, I had been praying about it because I was like, God, do you do you want us to go over and be involved? Because the word that I had gotten from him was, I want you to help the church. And so like help, that's not an ambiguous term at all. And so it was like, "How how do we help? Like, are we going to go over and help? Are we going to stay here and just contribute monetarily? And so then the next word that I got was, you need to go there. Like, go visit. And I was like, why? Like, it's super expensive. It's going to be, it, it's going to be frankly a hassle to do because with the army, I had to do all sorts of like terrorism awareness training. And the US State Department has got like Denmark on like higher up on the terrorist watch list than like some African countries. And it's just one of those things that we were like, okay. And so it took a long process. But the thing that God told me was it's going to cost you something. To find out whether we we're called, so he didn't even tell me whether we were called to like actually go to the country until we arrived.
1: Wow! So it wasn't even until that you uh, arrived here in Denmark on that on that first visit that you really knew the that God was was actually calling you to to come and and spend some time here.
3: Yeah, and for me, um, we ha- you know our daughter at that time was three, I think. Um, And I suffered with a lot of postpartum anxiety after she was born. I had a a lot of anxiety for several years. And so for me, that was the biggest thing at that point. I would say like, Lord, if we were, you know, we didn't have any kids, like, fine, I'd be, I'd be great with this. But I could not wrap my brain around moving with her, even though we moved (laughs) all the time with the army. For some reason, it was just like a mental block for me and when we were there, the Lord just kind of confirmed over and over in the service that we were there with you guys. And then in conversations with with several of you uh, individually, without you knowing it, you said something here or there that kind of just like things Dave and I had been talking about, things that um, we had heard from other people who were advising us. And um, for me, it was really a conversation, uh, Pastor Chris, with you that Sunday, really quick lunch. You we were headed out of the country and we got to grab lunch for just a few minutes, but Your practical approach to, we can just, we can do what the Lord needs us to do. We can, we can see where there's a need, we can go and we can help. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It can can just be like, you've always helped in the church. You can continue to help in the church and you can just do it here. And so that kind of really, I guess, talked me off the ledge a little bit and helped me kind of wrap my brain around like, okay, like if, if this is what God's calling us to do, it's not really a risk. It's safe to do what God's asking us to do. Yeah,
1: I can certainly relate to the uh, the coming coming and helping. Uh, I think I remember uh, <laughs> before I came to Denmark having a having a similar similar thought. I'll go over there uh, for a few months and just. It's a dangerous desire to have, and it has been. Yeah, it's been wonderful. But
2: if I think on on that one, Anthony, right? I mentioned before about the United Pentecostal Church, we have a strong a strong commitment to missions, and it's through everything we do. and I'm really proud of that as part of our denomination that we send missionaries to two hundred plus nations, whatever it is these days it's 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 just tremendous, you know I think we do need to be careful though that we don't just see missions as those appointed missionaries, right because that that is a monumental life decision and You know, it comes with a whole system of support and system of deputation for those that don't know how particularly our North American missionaries go about. They raise their money through a lot of travel in North America and then they go overseas to wherever and spend some years and then they have to go back. I mean, it's it's quite a fundamental commitment. That's one way of doing missions. Uh, And we've been very successful as a denomination through that. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not necessarily the... Uh, missions root for everyone. And it's not the only way of missions that we see in the word of God as well. So it really is important that we don't turn missions into this thing that life-appointed missionaries do. And we all watch, we all take part in church and watch the missionaries go do their thing. No, missions has to be something that we all do.
1: Yeah. I mean, what are some of the the different ways? I mean, if someone is is feeling, well, you know what, maybe that call to go and, and commit to being somewhere uh, you know, long terms and getting that support to go and do that as a, you know, a full-time missionary. If that's something people aren't feeling kind of ready for or are able to do, what are, you know, maybe some other paths to missions or other paths or, you know, or ways that people can still serve, you know, even without necessarily uh, having to take the plunge to uh, saying, you know, this is going to be my, you know, my, my life's work or my life's journey.
2: Well, if missions is as simple as engaging in the Great Commission and engaging in some way, shape or form in spreading the gospel message wherever we are. Again, I think we have this false sense that missions is something that happens in a country outside of where we were born. And that's not the case. That's one type of missions work, right? But missions is, is us taking the gospel wherever we are, however. So in a church like ours, for instance, people wanting to engage can get engaged through helping out in the Sunday service and being a greeter at the door. Uh, we need more people engaged in different ways, getting out, uh, teaching Bible studies, This, all these different ways. Uh, Jess also talked about AYC. Great thing about AYC is that it can be uh, American Youth Corps or if you're in Australia, it can be the Australian Youth Corps. It's still AYC, you know. And this is where young people would get sent out to different uh, cities for uh, a weekend or maybe a little bit longer for those uh, trips and would be often the first encounter in missions work that young people would have. We have the AIM program, the United Pentecostal Church, which is not a fully appointed missionary, but uh, someone who has a call to missions and uh, they're able to to get financial support to then go to a place for, say, six months, a year. Sometimes it can even go longer. So there's so many different ways uh, that we can get involved. We've taken Missions trips of young people to India, for instance, or to uh, it, when we used to go and help uh, a home group in Hamburg. You know, Anthony, we, we try and grab whoever, you know, we've had three spare seats. There's three spare seats. Who wants to come this Saturday? And and we're just going to, you don't even have to do anything. Just come for a drive and uh, smile and shake someone's hand and tell them about Jesus, you know? So, yeah, so many different ways.
1: Yeah. It starts with getting involved and that's and uh, one of those things that yeah, I think, you know, you, you mentioned, I think Dave and Jess were also kind of touching on, you know, a lot of the time it, it won't start with God just kind of calling you off a pew and uh, saying straight away, you know, I want you to go to, you know, some foreign country and do that. It, it starts by getting involved, you know, getting involved in your local uh, assembly getting involved, you know, maybe in, in opportunities to to reach out beyond your local assembly, visiting other, you know, other places, other preaching points. Maybe getting opportunities to to visit even other countries and on a short term basis. And uh, so, oftentimes, I, I, you know, I know I can look in my life and see ways where God prepared me and you know gave me opportunities to to learn and grow before I was ever ready to come and. Uh, spend, you know, years in a foreign country. So, I mean, maybe you, Dave and Jess, how has God been kind of preparing you? What are some of the, the ways that God has kind of been preparing you for taking this step to come to Denmark?
3: Well, I think uh, so many different ways of being prepared, right? So I think partially the experience that we've had with the army of being able to to move around a lot, and to be in lots of different places. We've stayed in the United States the whole time, but there's a lot of diversity in as far as the geography and then the culture in different places in the U.S. And so we've had a chance to encounter a lot of different kinds of people and a lot of different kinds of worldviews. And it's kind of, I guess, ignited a curiosity and an appreciation in us. Things that are different than what we maybe grew up with and were used to for most of our lives. Um, so I think that's definitely been a preparation on the practical side. We've been married almost 10 years and up until a year and a half ago, we never lived close to our families, either of our families. So that's been a preparation. You know, moving away from our family is not as daunting as it would have been otherwise. It's not going to be easy now that we've been here for a little while and my girls have their grandparents close. It's going to be a challenge for sure, but I do think that we have had that experience of not being close, and so that's helpful. And then the Lord's given us opportunities um, in our church in North Carolina just to kind of stretch our our wings a little, ministry as far as teaching and leading groups and interacting with people. So it's all kind of on different levels. I feel like He's preparing us. Anything else?
4: Like you said, the mental aspect of it of just being more aware of what's happening globally than what is typical in a North American church. It's almost made us like very uncomfortable sometimes in our church because our worldview is expanding. And so we become very aware of, okay, so you do this one way, but this is not necessarily the gospel. You feel like this particular issue is a moral imperative, but. A lot of other people who I absolutely believe are going to heaven don't believe that that's a moral imperative. And so it causes you to reevaluate what do I believe, what don't I believe. And so the broadening of our worldview has certainly helped to prepare us. Practical side of moving all sorts of different places has given us the ability of, okay, come in here and... I know what my necessities are. I need this, I need this, I need this. So it's given given us a lot better idea for like the type of questions to ask. So, okay, so I'm gonna need a place to live. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a grocery store. I'm gonna need internet and phone service. I'm I'm gonna need all of these things. And so it gives us the questions to ask instead of just showing up and being like, um
3: I did wanna add one more thing. He mentioned it. A little bit, but I think it's important. Several times in my life, when God has been preparing me to go into the next thing, whatever that next thing is, He has made it to where the current situation I'm in becomes very uncomfortable. When I was young, that was, you know, a traumatic breakup with a boyfriend that led me to open up my my mind to other options of what my future could be. And that was what led me to to go to college somewhere else. Um, whenever I was in New York, I had a job that took me to New York and I was very secure in that job, but the Lord was trying to stretch me to walk a little more by faith that He was going to provide for me. And that job became very uncomfortable. And sometimes I haven't listened to that until it's almost unbearable. And I'm looking around going like, God, why, why am I so miserable? Why, what am I doing wrong? And it's just that He's making the current situation uncomfortable for me so that I will look at what is next.
1: Yeah, I can relate to that as well. And I can point to times in my life as well. I know before I left, before I left Australia, it, it was the same. I'd, I'd grown up in the same place my whole life, gone to the same church for many, many years, went to university, even in the same town. But there was a point where home just didn't feel like home anymore. And so there was that, that preparation in me to be ready to leave that, leave that behind and, and embrace something new. Maybe uh, if you were talking to or, or when you're talking to other people you know, and maybe someone who might be wondering, you know, maybe not quite sure even what God's call is on on them or or for their lives, what advice could you would, would you give them in, in terms of, of how they can allow God to prepare them and and how they can kind of prepare themselves for whatever it is that, that God might have them do.
4: Well, we were sitting down at dinner with a pretty smart guy that told us that it's seeing a need and seeing that I have the ability to do something about that. And when I see the need, okay, let me go try and help and try to fill that need. And if the door opens, then that's awesome. Let's do that. But it doesn't have to be like a light shining down from heaven and God saying, thus saith the Lord. It's just, where is there a need and how can I help?
3: Yeah, and I think that starts with wherever you are, like Pastor Chris was saying, what kinds of things in your local church, what needs are there that can be filled and what can you do? Another thing that I thought of when you were asking the question, I saw it. I don't know, a meme maybe on the internet, but it was basically saying when you're following a GPS, if you stop, the GPS won't give you the next direction until you move. So if you're just waiting on God to give you the next direction, maybe you need to just start moving and then let him redirect you if he needs to. But it's, the GPS is silent when you're still. So keep moving in whatever direction, whatever the last thing that you felt God say to you, keep following that and then let him continue to direct you from there
1: mm. yeah. yeah excellent pastor chris what, what
2: advice would you give yeah i think um i hear a lot of good advice there from dave and jess you know it, it's just just step out the the word of god is already clearly written uh as to what the expectations are of us as christians uh and and that's where i think I uh, probably said this at that lunch that we're talking about, right? We we over spiritualize sometimes that I'm waiting for this lightning bolt, and and exactly as just just said, you you just got to step out, you know. And as you step in faith, following the word of God, don't never step out in your own strength, ne- uh, uh, never step out trying to make a name for yourself or trying to you know anything any you know, poor intention at all. But just step out in faith and in the right intention and God will equip and he'll be there and he'll then direct the next step. And the step after that, very much as Jess was saying. So yeah, there there are, there are times when it will feel lightning bolt like um, where God, and that example I gave where it was very clear for me at that altar call in Sydney, just go. I felt it deep in my call, but it, it wasn't as if we were doing nothing until then we were trying to find ways into Denmark we were praying about it, we were seeking God. We'd mentally made up our mind. We just frankly didn't know how to fulfill the call. And then it came clear after that. So you just just do something. Just do something. Too to, to many people that I've seen, some people that have come to me, like young people in particular, it's like, oh, and they're like just almost panicked because they realize God, God's calling them. They they want to do something, but they're almost panicked. But I, I can't do anything until I see it written in the stars or until you know, God uh, just helps me see a vision of a particular country in the world, and then I'll know. And and sometimes people never do anything about it. Just do something. Go somewhere. Go for a trip. Go on vacation even, you know, to, to a place and try and choose a vacation, a destination where, you know, there's there's a, a church that's just starting up with a small group and maybe a missionary, maybe a local pastor – um, just choose somewhere like that and go and visit the church. Even you know, mm. well, what a great first step to take if you want to do something in the area of missions, and yeah. you get a nice vacation as well.
1: Yeah, man. I know some of the early early trips I I took when I first started uh, traveling. I made friends with missionaries, and then you know said, "Can I come and visit you?" And I visited, you know, visited the Philippines and and to the, Fiji, right there. I I well, I got invited to go to, uh, to Fiji to take part doing kind of the kids' services as, as part of a, a local conference on a small island in, in Fiji.
2: But, Fiji yeah, never like, has any problems getting missionaries. I've always found <laughs> that, you know? Yeah,
1: There was a question on Facebook today, in our, uh, you know, Facebook group, you know, where would you go? And, and Fiji would, would be a wonderful place to go back to.
2: You know, any, it, it, any, any potential missionary, Anthony, that tells you God has spoken to me and I'm to go to Fiji, ask them to find it on the map first. If they can find it on the map, then you can confirm that's the call of God. If they can't, then it's just the flesh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants to go to those, uh, those beautiful locations. Uh, and the weather is probably much nicer in Fiji than it, than it certainly is in Denmark. Again, I can, I can relate in my life to that, what, that point you were saying earlier about just, just do something. You know, there's a scripture which, which says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart. Looking back, it's clear to see how God prepared me and how God was directing it. And looking back, you can see kind of the footsteps and the, and the steps. But uh, when I came to Denmark, I, I must admit, I didn't come because I felt cold, to Denmark. I, I just wanted to travel and thought, well, if I'm going to travel, I just want to help. I just want to go somewhere where I can help. And, you know, I, I was in contact with uh, with you after, you know, after you guys had come here. And since then, there has certainly been those moments when God has kind of confirmed his will that, that yeah, this was uh, the place that he wanted me to be. But that that journey didn't start with a lightning bolt. It didn't start with a you know, burning bush kind of uh, kind of call. It didn't start with a light shining down from heaven. It just started by finding ways to serve in the, in the local community. And that opened the doors. And that was what prepared me to come. I, I wasn't a licensed minister before. I, I got licensed when I was over here. But that desire to just, how can I serve? Finding that need. And, and then God directs the steps. God uh, directs the paths.
2: One of the other things that, uh, that's really dawned on me through these 18 years, whatever it's been now, is that I'm still convinced there are far more qualified people to come and do this. There are far more spiritual people that could come and do this. There are far more this. There are far more that. But until they decide to come, Anthony, Rachel, everybody else on this call, wear are it, you know? So God will use those who go and... Um, It doesn't matter that there is some other person that is the most spiritual person that you could imagine. The best pastor in the world, I don't think lives in Copenhagen. I really don't. The best missionaries, well, probably don't live in Denmark, but we're here. So, you know, they're they're no good for starting a church in Copenhagen. So let God just use us, you know, and um, to God be the glory with whatever happens.
1: Yeah. Amen. I know that uh, I've I've heard a heard a quote someone you know saying god doesn't look at your ability he looks at your availability you know are you willing to to make yourself available I know that preparing to come to Denmark is not the easiest process it's not the easiest country to come to and and I think since I came it's gotten even even more difficult and I know Dave and Jess you're kind of in the middle right now of preparing to come what What are some of the challenges that you're facing right now? What are some of the uh, hurdles that you're overcoming in order to, to get here?
4: A major hurdle is money. The finances of how do you live? I mean, practically, you have to be able to survive and to live. And so that's one of the practical reasons why we became involved in the AIM program so that we could connect with people and help people connect with the church and with the country of Denmark. I guess the next thing is trying to hold our plans loosely. So like we have a house, we have cars, we have all sorts of stuff that's established here. And so is the trip going to be for a year? Is it going to be, are we going to end up like Anthony and Rachel and be there forever (laughs) and ever and ever? Amen. Do we keep the houses, the the house? I I have one house. There are no houses. (laughs) Do we keep the house? Do we liquidate the assets, like burn the ships, you know, come ashore, that kind of thing? Or what do we do? And so we haven't had a definitive word on what to do. And so there's all that. Plus, like Anthony was saying, the visa challenges. And so the visas are very, very expensive and the requirements are interesting and exciting. And so there's that hurdle of, Getting the passport, getting the legal documents, having a place to live. What challenges do you? I
3: think you covered it.
1: I think there's some challenges there, but it certainly, it certainly speaks very highly to, to that commitment that you're showing to, to the call that, that, that God's placed on you, that, that you're, you're facing these obstacles. I, I know we looked, you know, just out of curiosity, we looked at the, the cost of the visas recently and it shocked even us living here
3: after you're real david after you're real
1: <laughs> <laughs> after, after your social media you know yeah they it, it shocked us but the fact that you are facing this speaks so highly of of your passion and desire to come and and that's something that certainly we uh i greatly admire yeah so so Praise God. Pastor Chris, I think maybe you can you can speak with maybe to to some of the other challenges that you actually face being being here.
2: Um learning the language um (laughs) while you're here. Uh not being able to communicate fluently at times when you just so desperately want to communicate fluently, whether the the gospel message or even just your heart. Uh and I remember having a conversation not that long ago with one of the young boys that's uh, about Daniel's age or Matthias's he's maybe in between and he's on the street with the new house that we're moving to and and I was talking to him in my my best Danish and he's kind of looking at me and I I just know that I know I'm technically saying the right things but I'm not communicating my heart you know and I just his mum was there and and I just I I looked at his mum and I said I'm trying to tell him I'm a really cool guy um, if I can speak English kind of thing, you know, <laughs> and uh, looking forward to get to know you and blah, 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 whatever it wants to you know? And I think one of those is is tough. And yet, you know, one of the, some of the greatest feelings of real accomplishment is, is maybe witnessing to someone in Danish and getting the message through and seeing that someone is connecting with the word of God, even though I'm doing it in the absolute, you know, nowhere near the, level that, that I would if I was doing it in English, talking to some older people sometimes and just trying to communicate the love of God and, and that. So, yeah, so language is definitely one. Culture, you know, it's, you think, I think sometimes with with Denmark, this can go for a lot of European countries, I think, but Denmark especially, that because everybody speaks English so well, that it's a high standard of living, that, uh, you know, it, people almost think like, well, what's the difference to Australia, to the U.S.? Or you know, we're all kind of the same, no, a no, no, fundamentally different culture, uh, fundamentally. And you don't always realize it. There's a lot of things lurking beneath the surface and uh, misunderstandings can happen so quickly because you realize partly language, partly culture. And, you know, so dealing with that and, and understanding that I think is, is really important.
1: Yeah,
2: they are two that come to mind at least. Mm.
1: What is it though, which makes it all worthwhile? I know we can talk about the uh, the challenges, and I know there's many many more you you haven't mentioned. But what is it that makes it all worthwhile? What what's the greatest joys that you find? Here? Yeah, for,
2: for me, it's when you baptize someone, when you've witnessed to someone, and and they receive that message, they give their heart to God. There, there's clearly it's not just a physical act, but it's clearly a change in their life and and you feel like, wow, I, I was part of that. God did it, but I was part of that. You know, We had, um, we had one of the young guys in church, uh, Kurt, many of you, that were in, in service a few weeks back and he got up and he gave a testimony just about how you know, he felt like he was learning to, to hear God's voice and to feel God's spirit move and all of these sorts of things. And for me, that was, those of you that heard it, you, you know why, but it was just, it touched me personally. That I've had an influence on a young kid because I can see myself at that age trying to figure a lot of stuff out in my life, you know, and and here here we are pouring into kids like that. And when you see that it means something, that they spiritually they're awakening. Wow, that's that's phenomenal. So there's been been a lot of different instances like that. I remember, you know, witnessing to um to David Merkabar and and baptizing him and I don't think David's on tonight, but uh, he wouldn't mind me saying this. But yeah, you know, he he just came from a place that was really far from God and didn't believe in God, and and just through relationship, really, you know, was allowed to teach him a Bible study and to to just see him just completely unlocked to God and become a spiritual person and to be baptized in Jesus' name. I mean, it was that's that's just been a. Real highlight. I keep telling him I'm still believing that he's going to be filled with the Spirit, you know, and we're still we're still praying for that. So th- those those are the moments for me that you know that, that make it all worthwhile. I mean, I, I I came here with I don't know how many a few thousand dollars in my pocket. We we sold up everything, but it was very different uh, for for us, uh, Jess and Dave. I mean, we didn't have any kids at the time. Clara hadn't even finished university, and we were still in those sort of carefree years and. More naive than anything else. It's like, yeah, well, we're called, so off, off we go, you know. And and thankfully, miraculously, God kind of took care of us. But um, but you know, having been here, and my my life, my career, my marriage, my family, four kids have all been born, you know, here in, in Denmark. So th- that that's incredible to think about as well. That I, who would have thought? You know, I didn't definitely didn't think growing up in Australia, going to church in Australia, loving sport. Hot weather, beaches, climbing mountains, and all the rest of it. You're going to come to cold, flat Denmark, you know, and build your life. It's not exactly the place that I would have thought, you know. But what an amazing life God has given me! What an amazing life God has given! I, I felt like I gave up so much career-wise. And those of you don't know that, that know that story. I mean, I, I couldn't have imagined what my career would have, could have been. Uh, and God's just miraculously blessed and to have four amazing kids, to have the most amazing wife in the world. All of that is connected to Denmark and the call of God. That's not the primary purpose of why we came. We came to start a church in to But when, when you take that step of faith, God blesses. And it's not always this way or that way, but there will be a blessing that comes with that. If you can just focus... Uh, forget about all of the challenge that yes is there as well. But if you look hard enough, there is a tremendous blessing that comes with answering the call of God.
1: Man. Well, David, just what are you looking forward to? What is the, the joy that is set before you? What gets you excited about coming to Denmark?
3: Well, just kind of on a personal level, I love living in a city. I lived in New York City for a couple of years and loved just that experience and so when we were in denmark i really enjoyed being there and being in copenhagen and riding the bus and riding the train and all of those things that we don't really do out here in the middle of oklahoma so i'm looking forward to that just kind of on a personal level and then just getting to know everybody and and seeing who all of you are behind a, a zoom screen <laughs> and and getting to actually sit down and chat and get to know you all and and see what god has for us to do to support whatever you guys are already doing. So, that's what I'm excited about.
4: I'm excited about coffee. Well, there's more than that. But <laughs> hands down the best cup of coffee that I ever had occurred on our trip to Denmark. So, I'm looking forward to a repeat, multiple repeat sessions of that. But on on a bigger note, you can't live your life on whole. You can't live your life saying, "Okay, I see something in the future that I've been I've been called to, God is pointing this." You have to live in the moment, in the here and now, reach the people that are around us, connect to those people, continue contributing to the church that we've got. We've got an amazing church here and we've been blessed. But arriving will, I think that it'll be amazing, like being at that point that God has called you and say, okay, like this is awesome. This is God has called us here. And so like, let's see what he's got because Right now we're looking at some huge obstacles and so they can be disconcerting, but at the same time, we kind of laugh too because we're like, okay, you know, whoever's putting these things up, like build them up as high as you want because God's going to knock them down and he's going to be amazing and we're going to be able to tell these stories. And I mean, like those visas, you guys saw the the price of those visas and God handled that. like. God. within a couple days and he handled it. And it was one of those things that we were like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But that's what we're looking forward to.
1: Praise God. I can imagine almost like the Israelites after they saw God open the waters of the Jordan river for them and passed and set foot finally in that land that God was taking them to. I don't know if anyone else has uh, has any questions they wanted to ask to maybe Dave and Jess just to, about who they are and. Uh, yes,
2: yeah. I have a question for Jessica and David. I um, was uh, still listening to your podcast. So when you moved to Denmark, how do you still doing? Continue doing it
0: or what are we so. going to I hope
3: so. I hope so. It will become a more of a. Maybe more of a challenge as far as um, <laughs> scheduling recordings with people, unless I just start interviewing all of you because we'll be on the same time <laughs> zone, and so that might that might solve my my scheduling problem. But <laughs> we hope to continue it. Yes. Well, I, I want to just share a compliment that somebody paid you today. My favorite missionaries in the world are the Hunleys in the Middle East, and You may not know them, you haven't met because uh, Maya Hunley wrote me today and she asked me if I knew you. And I said, Yes, I do. And she said, Well, what do you think about her? And I said, "What? Jessica is great. Why have you met her? And she said, No, I haven't met her, but I listened to her podcast and she seems like a person I'd really like to get to know. And so that's like my favorite missionary. You know, speaking of my favorite aimers, you know, on the day that we're talking about missions today. So that was just, I just wanted to share that with you. Well, yeah. tell
2: Adam and Meyer if, if they want to meet, then they can come to Copenhagen. You yes. we, can have a great, we can have a great get together here.
3: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's so cool.
1: For those who, who don't know, Jessica uh, hosts a podcast called Good Question. I haven't really been much into podcasts before. Rachel just got me into them, but I've been been listening to your, your podcast. I was listening to uh, to the one this afternoon on Brokenness on the Lament, and listened to uh, to one just uh, yesterday with Baron Carson, who we know and love. And, uh, so yeah, she uh, Jessica hosts a podcast where she asks good questions of, of people and does a much better job asking questions than I do. So... <laughs> It is well worth uh, it, it, it. It's if you're not into podcasting, uh, it's worth checking out and and listening to 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 some of those episodes. So, um, it's it's very good.
3: Thank
1: you. I guess one more question then that I'll I'll ask. I haven't prepared you at all for for asking this question, but I just want to want to ask: How can we? How can we help? How can we support you guys? How can we? connect with you guys and and support you as you're preparing to come here.
4: So our goal is just basically to be a conduit. And so the sharing of your stories, the what's going on, like I've grasped like in our bible study like little bits and pieces. There's so much happening with the church in Denmark. Like it's going so many places and in just my perception that it's got its hands all around the world, like there's influence all around the world. And so letting us know about that stuff so that we can then tell other people so that when we go around to talk to other people and we say, hey, this is what's amazing about Denmark. We need you to help us to continue helping them or more to the point, we want to connect you with your family in Denmark. And so having our family's stories really helps. It's just amazing. Like the being able to find out all of that stuff is a huge help. And then of course sharing like any social media posts and stuff like that, shameless self-promotion. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's
1: okay. Plus, Chris, I don't know if you had any, any questions you wanted to ask or any, any other points you wanted to add.
2: No, I can't really
1: think of too much. I <laughs> it's been good. It's good. I want to thank you, uh, Dave and Jess, for uh, taking the time. Jess, I'm so glad that I mean we've gotten the we've gotten the chance for Dave to be uh, in the men's group, but I know usually it's the middle of the day, usually you're work. But I'm so I'm just so excited that it it just worked out perfectly uh, when I messaged Dave uh, asking if he would be able to take part, and he responded with. Well, Jess is, Jess will be off? Is she can she join too? It just it that I think that was the moment where I really started getting excited about tonight. <laughs> so I'm so glad we got the chance to see you again and to hear a bit about your story and a bit about how God is working in your life and just to understand that depth of commitment that you guys have to coming here, the the, the sacrifices that you're making, the effort that you're making in, in preparing to come. It's already blessing us. And so we will certainly be praying for you. We'll be following you guys on, on you, as you can you see, we, you've already got some uh, some followers in Denmark on the podcast. <laughs> we'll we'll be uh, we'll be staying in touch and uh, looking forward, praying with you guys, trusting God to, to to provide those needs, and and all those obstacles. And you're already part of our family. You're already part of of, of what's going on here. We know you've been involved. Uh, for a long time, even behind the scenes. So thank you. Thank you for your desire to come. Thank you for being willing to connect. And we are just looking forward to having you guys here and to to meeting your goals as well. Yes. You know? yeah. So we
3: That may be one of the things I'm looking forward to the most that I forgot to mention earlier is just letting our six-year-old loose on <laughs> the country of Denmark. Yes. You're not ready. I'm telling you, you're not ready. <laughs>
1: Professor Chris and I. Uh, you know, we got some uh, young kids of our own who fit right in that same demographic, so uh, they Jesus. will have
4: She's all the kids loose on Denmark together.
1: Right? <laughs> I'm going to take a screenshot of this. Uh, this is your warning, everyone. Maybe in Denmark, they don't say "say cheese." They say Applesine. 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 Okay, one, two, three, apple Yeah,
2: much better than ost. Which is Danish for cheese. So if you say us, you don't really
1: smile. So
2: yeah. Good to so see you. Apple, well.
1: apple scene, by the way, is orange. Uh, orange. So mm. <laughs> like the fruit. So as opposed to the color. So. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, yeah. well, thank you guys for Happy thank you for the invitation here. Like this is so incredibly humbling. It's like that you would be excited about like us coming to <laughs> your neighborhood and just thank you.
2: Uh, We're just looking forward to the girls, right, Jed? A couple (laughs) more girls for for our girls to be playing with.
3: Yes. (laughs) Looking forward for more
2: playmates in this church. (laughs) Jed's got two really good girls. So we've got a great, vibrant um, Sunday school that's turning into a great vibrant youth group as
1: well. So it's, um, as my old pastor used to say, if you can't win them, breed them. Great. This has been a, a great night. I'm not, I'm not in any hurry to rush off I'm, or rush anyone off. I might just stop the recording so everyone feels like I can talk freely.
0: Friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And I pray that if you have been thinking about taking your next step toward whatever God is asking you to do, that it's an encouragement to you to stop overthinking, overanalyzing, even over-spiritualizing the call of God and to just do what we have already been commanded to do in the word, to go into all the world, teaching and baptizing and discipling followers of Jesus, whether that's in your backyard or across the globe. We are very excited about getting to Denmark to assist the church there in any way that we can. If you'd like to be a part of that, we'd love to have your help. You can visit the link in the show notes to donate through our Global Missions account, either as a one-time donation or by becoming a partner in missions and supporting us monthly. We are so humbled and appreciative of everyone who has done that so far. We know God will richly bless you for your sacrifice. If something we said today got you thinking, sparks a conversation, or helped you feel less alone, we'd love to hear about it. Come find us on social media. There are a few places. You can find us on Instagram. The podcast is at Show, and I'm at Jessica Tanderup. That's Jessica T, as in Tuesday, A-N-D-E-R-U-P. You can find our AIM page at Tanderups for Denmark. That's Tanderups with an S, the number four Denmark. You can find us on Facebook as well, or you can email us at goodquestionshow at gmail.com. This podcast is a production of Good Question Media and is produced and hosted by me, Jessica Tanderup. My co-producer, editor, and the man who is filling out our visa applications is my husband, Dave Tanderup. Our audio engineer is Josh Powalzik. That's it for this week. We'll be back here next Tuesday with another good question. See y'all then.